Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? I was lucky to get down to Bay Hill for just for the day. I was there for about eight hours on Wednesday of this week. I got a hall pass for my wife. First time I have been to a tournament since the newborn, since Charlotte was born three months ago. So it's this very busy house. We've got three young kids running around, but lucky to get down there for just a short amount of time. It was well worth it, though. I, I did hook up with Justin Rose, who's here on the podcast, about seven minutes. We talk about the Masters coming up, of course, what Arnold Palmer means to him, and then also a ton of instruction, about five key points about ways we can get better, driving, iron play, short game, putting. Uh, there's a lot of really good nuggets. And if you see the video, this is going to be posted on YouTube on the Beyond the Clubhouse podcast channel, you'll see him demonstrating uh, different ways we can work on our technique. He's very animated this whole time. A lot of fun stuff with Justin Rose. We talk about his family, how he celebrated Pebble Beach, of course, winning there about a month ago. So a lot of fun stuff. Justin Rose here on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, Garrett Johnson out here at Bay Hill with Justin Rose and Arnold Palmer, Bay Hill. What does that mean to you when you think back? Well, listen, I've been a bit of an Orlando boy, you know. Um, this is kind of where I hung my hat when I first over, first moved over to America. Both my kids have been born in Orlando in the Winnie Palmer Hospital for Women and Children. So, special place for me. But obviously, you know, Arnold not being with us anymore. But I think, obviously, his, his legacy lives on very strongly with this tournament and, and all of Orlando. Well, I think about your game. You're, you're, you've been such a consistent driver of the ball over the years. And I think for the amateur at home, what can we do better with our driver? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot probably, uh, no doubt. But I think often that I see people trying to hit the ball too hard and they try to hit it hard from the top of their swing. So, you know, one of my, my go-to tip in pro-ams is try to make the fastest part of your swing feel like it's a foot past the ball. You're always going to be fast at the ball. But by trying to feel like you make the fastest part of your swing a foot past the ball, it um, stops you getting very quick from the top. You know, you hold a little bit more angle, a bit more lag, and you, you may have more of a chance of hitting the inside of the ball and creating a draw if you can do that. So, you know, I see people, as soon as they hit from the top, they tend to slice the ball. Yeah, well, you talk about angle and lag. How does that relate to iron play as, as we get tr try to get precise with our irons? So I think the biggest thing with iron play is, you, like you're right, strike is so important with iron play i think a lot of people will they love it when they're in the first cut or they love it hitting off uh, you know turf or range mats but when you get on the tight grass it, it obviously real deal. everything changes right so the biggest thing there is to kind of try to control your sway you know you want to stay really centered on the ball in your backswing so uh, i think for a lot of amateurs they will make their turn and they'll start to drift off of the to, ball to the right, so you want yeah. to start to feel like you're really extending your back to stay on stay so stay in a sort of a straight line I think you've done that a few times, my friend. It's actually what I'm working on at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to still still just ro uh, move off the ball a touch. Yeah, well, and as it comes to short game, it's such an important part, and, and I think we ignore it uh, oftentimes, but what would be your advice with chipping around the greens? How can we get better there? Visualization, like how, how would it, if you were to throw the ball, 
like you know that's a good start okay if I was to throw the ball where would I have to land it for it to have the right amount of energy to run out to the pin you know obviously the higher you throw it the quicker it's going to stop the lower you throw it the more it's going to run on so and then I think having that sort of visualization at least gives you half a chance to pick the right club to then hit the hit the right chip shot but I think seeing the shot that you want before you chip it is kind of a big part of that because chipping is all about feel and touch right so if you give your brain some good inputs and good visualization you got your body has half a chance of doing it well speaking of seeing shots you've mentioned over the last three or four years that your putting has really become the strength of your game yeah. what would be your overall advice to to really dial in our putter in general so yeah going with more like a metronomic type of, of vibe with your putting i feel like people who struggle with their putting tend to be out of rhythm they'll either have a very slow backswing and then hit the ball or have a very fast backswing and decel you know very hard to control either of those so for me you know one thing i work really hard on is the rhythm of my putting and i by that i mean i, I put just enough energy in my backswing that the ball kind of just gets in the way it kind of i feel like i'm coasting through impact there's none of that hit so i feel like when you're hitting the ball um you know t you tend to sort of get well yippy the, the dreaded word of yip you know that's where that comes <laughs> from but you know in d cell as well as is, is obviously a very tentative feeling so um rhythm is is really great with putting so uh you know i don't know you can use a metronome there's a great thing called tour tempo that i use um it just helps you sort of get that feel and flow through the ball because you want to take out that you know for me with putting you want to take out the hands as much as possible and if you really create a great rhythm you know there's not much acceleration through the ball that's required we talk about taking out the hands, the things we don't need. When it comes to the mental game, what kinds of things do we really need to clear the shelf on and, and really focus on sharply? I, for me, I think one of the, 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 the things is just front-loading the routine. By that, I mean, like, ask a good question. What does a good shot look like? It can be as simple as question as that. But if you say to yourself, okay, what does a good shot look like? Well, I see it as a little draw into this left-hand pin placement, maybe starting on the, bay, you know, the MasterCard sign behind the green and falling left. So right. as, soon as, as soon as you say that, you know, you're giving yourself loads and loads of positive inputs. But if you walk into the ball without really much of a clue, you know, what chance do you have? You know, all I know is if I've seen a good shot, there's certain things that are going to happen because of that. I'm going to put the ball a little bit back in my stance to help hit the draw. You know, the few things are probably going to happen because I have an intention. So you start with a good intention, see a good shot. Might not always happen, right? In fact, it very rarely happens. For us weekend uh, golfers, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, when it does line up, when you do match the sensation of that great shot with the picture you've seen, oh, my God, that's, th those are the moments you take home, and those are the moments that keep you coming back. Hopefully we can convince our kids to keep after those moments too, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, but kids are the best because they forget the bad shots. We dwell on them. Kids are like, oh, on to the next one. You know, it's all good. Right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, your overall equipment. Go through the bag real quick. What are your 14 clubs at the moment? Um, a whole mixed bag, you know, I've got a Callaway driver playing the Paradigm, which seems to be doing well out, out on tour. I've got some old tailor-made three-woods, still in my M6, three-wood and five-wood. Degrees on those guys? Oh, 15 and 19, I guess. Nine on the driver? or um, Eight, five, I think, is probably what it measures out at. Um, then I've got some Cobra um, sort of irons that, that that sort of flow through the set from a, from a blade up until seven iron, and then the cavity back, six, five, four. And then... Um, Vokey in 52 and 56, and then a tailor-made high toe. And then my Axis One putter, which has been a staple for me for about four or five years now. Man. Well, there's so many, those are the tools for the trade. When I think of a course that you've played well so much over the years, Augusta National really comes to mind. You've said in the past that you had one arm in the jacket. What is it about that place, and what would it mean to you to really have a good chance again on the back nine coming up? Yeah, I think obviously one of those, um, it's one of those places I get the feel-good factor. You know, you just have to arrive through the gates there. You've got Magnolia Drive in front of you. Um, you get out onto the back end of the clubhouse and the course just opens up in front of you. It's just a place I feel 
There's Zach Johnson, actually. He's, he's won it. Past winner, 07, so, yeah, yes. Maybe it's, maybe it's a good omen. But well, Let's go have a beer with him. Maybe he's got some advice. Yeah, exactly. No, he's got lots of advice. I was actually in the hunt that year in 07, so he, he, he nicked that one from me too. But, um, you know, it's a place to just, like I said, I love sharing with family and friends. We all go there. We all enjoy the experience. We stay in the house. We have great time together, and we enjoy the golf. But, um, yeah, listen, back nine on Sunday is where it all starts, and um, you just got to stay ice cold around that course because, you know, as many birdie opportunities as there are on Sunday, there's always something lurking around the corner, so you got to stay super focused. I know it was an emotional for you to win the U.S. Open and not have your dad there because he had passed. Your, your kids are 13 and 10 now, and to be able to come home with the Pebble Beach Trophy, from your most recent win like how yeah, special yeah. was it to kind of share as a family with 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 the fruits of your labor really yeah absolutely so i guess you know it's been four years since i've won a tournament so the kids would have been obviously much younger nine and six you know and less engaged in golf obviously they've seen me you know the, the, as they grow up they're a bit more aware and obviously they know that i travel and i'm away and they pay a bit more attention and they maybe see what i'm doing you know whether it be through social media or whatever it might be so they're more connected now to my golf than they were when they were young unfortunately i was better when they were young you know what i mean i was winning more often <laughs> oh seven yeah, 2010 yeah, yeah. yes Doral, 2012 yeah, yeah so anyway but listen uh, it was nice to like share that moment with them show them that the old man still got it and uh, and show them that it's hard work you know you've got to persevere right you know when things don't go well those are the the learning moments the teaching moments and you only get better through mistakes we don't like the mistakes obviously if you compound if you keep making the same mistake that becomes a habit but if you can break the mold learn from the mistake adjust move on that's kind of where the learning is yeah well a lot to learn from justin rose here at bay hill all right big time thanks to justin rose for jumping i thought he was animated i thought there was some fun uh insight in that one there and next we're going to briefly talk with colin morikawa look ahead to some of these major venues beyond augusta that maybe he hasn't played like starting at the pga what does he know about oak hill you know looking ahead in the schedule what does he know about uh open championship venue there at hoy lake and of course uh just a lot to look forward to it's just about two and a half minutes as we're just talking about what's on the horizon of course how much does he want to get back to the Ryder cup what does that mean to him in his career to be able to get back to a second one. So here is Colin Morikawa on Beyond the Clubhouse. I've not played Oak Hill, have not played Royal Liverpool. I have played LECC, I've probably played it. I even played my Walker Cup there, so I've played it, you know, over a dozen times now, so I've played it quite a bit. What do you like um, about them? I just have good memories there. You know, LA tests all aspects of your game, and that's what majors normally do. You know, you got to hit it well off the tee. Your, your typical hit it well off the tee, hit good iron shots, have a good short game, make putts. Um, but you know what? For the most part, I you know, when I first turned pro, I had never seen any of these golf courses. And I think people underestimate what we do as professional golfers is really – knowing how to play a golf course and we to be honest like we do our prep work but if all of us showed up blind you know you probably still would shoot just fine because at the end of the day we know where to pinpoint things it's good to know where to miss and it's good to know where you want to hit it um but that's what we do and this is why we do it as professional golfers is because we know how to take apart a golf course and really kind of strategize how we're going to play it yeah, and I like what you said earlier uh, at the press conference in SoCal about um, first summer. It's like you and JJ in that first summer. Everything's fresh. You know, you're trying to kind of bring that back. Yeah. How do you feel about your mentality right now versus what it was last year? Yeah, um, definitely looking at this year a lot more positively. Obviously, we've had some pretty good starts so far. Um, but I just really just putting in the little work and, and just making sure I'm doing all my stuff to make sure I'm giving myself the opportunity to go out and just – 
hit some good golf shots and not worry about anything else. And not that I was worrying about anything, but really just taking care of my body, making sure I'm doing the right prep work, you know, hiring Steven Sweeney as a, as a putting coach, working really remember, well, yeah. you know, just, just really flowing really well with everyone around my team. And that's kind of a good thing, you know. It's just smooth sailing, and all I got to do is hopefully just hit good shots. Right. Well, and what do you know about Oak Hill and, and um, Liverpool? Like, what have you heard about them? Uh, nothing. Okay. So I will show up Sunday like I normally do and uh, get to work on Mondays. Did you watch 2014 British Open? Nope. Rory winning? I probably or did, but I Ducker not, winning. could not remember a single thing. So, look, uh, like I said, I, I've done that in the past where I've kind of gone back and watched videos, but at the end of the day, it always plays different. Um, I mean, look, you, you talk about this week, it's going to play different than last year. Everything's always going to play different. So, obviously, course knowledge is favorable and it helps. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't show up on a Monday or Sunday and, and learn how to figure out how to play that course and win. Yeah, and then just lastly, Ryder Cup, how special would it be to get back in that team room and, and yeah. just the camaraderie of it all? That's a huge goal this year, um, to make that team and uh, to make it there. You know, I've played a lot, my two events, two team events as a <clears throat> as a pro on, on the U.S. soil, and um, obviously they have a lot of love and passion over there in Europe to, to make sure they, they retain the or they keep the trophy over there um, when it's been played over there. So, you know, there's a big uh, big emphasis on making that team and, and making sure we do everything we can to, to help out as much as we can. But you know what? First, got to make that team. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of golf left. All right, some fun content there with Colin Morikawa. I love that he's just got nothing on Oak Hill. There's absolutely no information. That, that happens. A lot of players that didn't know a lot about St. Andrews going in last year. So some of these major venues, for some of these younger players, it's just there's just not a lot of information. They just ha- haven't been there for a while. So it just it does happen. But anyway, he does seem pretty upbeat. I like his attitude. A lot to look forward to for young Colin Morikawa. And uh, we'll catch up soon here again on Beyond the Clubhouse.